Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now. Do what you do when you do how you do it because you do all things well. We are open and we are ready to receive. Our focus is on you, sir. It is not on us. We came to worship, not to be worshiped. So now, because you are the word, we say, be transformed now and manifest in our presence. What does that mean? God, everything we need you to be, we need you to be that for us now. In the name of Jesus, speak to us with clarity, speak to us with strength, and speak to us with power. We are open and ready to receive. Open your mouth. Say, I'm open and I'm ready to receive. Say, I'm laser focused. I'm fixing some things tonight. Because my future needs it that way. Come on, say my future needs it that way. Say because my next 12 will be my best 12 in Jesus' name. Can I get you to put a praise on the end of that Wednesday? Come on, Virginia. Come on, Dallas. Come on, Houston. Y'all are sitting on me. I said your next 12 will be your best 12. Things are looking a whole lot better for you. They ain't bad now, but it's about to get a whole lot better. What was hard in your previous 12 is about to be made easy in your next 12. The struggles that you had in your previous 12, they're about to be your areas of victory in your next 12. Where the enemy thought he had you in your last 12, you're about to grab him by the... In Jesus' name. Y'all ready to go to work? Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So here's our series, Takoon. It might be one of those nights. Here it is. Uh, our series is called Takoon. So we just finished the series, Group Therapy. Everybody say Group Therapy. Therapy means to heal, and so we did that as a group, and we were healing from wounds. Why? Because our future needs us healed. Listen, your future will be nothing more than a repeat of your past if you are not different. 
I'll say it again. Your future will be nothing more than a repeat of your past if you are not different. So you've got to do something different in order to see something different so that you can have something different. It is the literal clinical definition of insanity to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. And I'm so glad that you finally figured out I can't keep doing the same thing and expecting things to get better. I've got to do something different so I can see something different. And can I tell you, because you've started making changes, God's starting to move in your direction. The Bible says if you draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto you. Which means the moment you started making steps, and I know they were baby steps, but what you didn't know is when you took one step, God took a whole big old leap towards you. When you began to make changes, God says, I'm leading in your direction. I need you to open your mouth and say, he's leaning in my direction. So we've said this, that our future needs us healed. And Sunday we opened this new series called Tikkun. Tikkun, everybody say that with me. It's a Hebrew word. That's a biblical word, which means to amend or to fix. Because we learn once we heal, what we can fix, we must fix. If you do not fix where things were broken in the first place, you will be wounded the same way again. And I don't need you repeating anything in your next. It might be similar, but it will not be the same. I don't need you dating the same type of person, making the same type of business decisions. I don't need you having the same type of battles with depression, the same type of battle with anxiety, the same family drama, the same drama with your kids. I don't need you dealing with anything if you're next. That's a repeat of your previous. Why? We do not want to repeat negative cycles nor negative circles. What's a circle? It means you feel like you're making progress until you realize that you're back where you started. What's a cycle is that you go through the motions, but you don't ever, watch me, you don't ever make progress. It's kind of like your dryer. It's kind of like your dryer. You can put your dryer, you can put it on different cycles, and then you got the delicate cycle, and you got the, you know, the regular dryer, and then you got the permanent press and all that, and you can have these different cycles. And here's the deal. All it did was put your stuff in a big tube and spun it around. But watch me. It didn't make the clothes better. It made them dry. And that's why it's so hard for some of y'all to worship because you in a cycle. You dry. That's why it's so hard for some of y'all to give God glory. Why? You in a cycle and you're dry. But for those of us that can say no more negative cycles or circles, can I just hear you worship in this room and worship online? I'm not in a cycle. I'm not in a cycle. I'm not in a cycle. No more up, down. No more up, down. No more up, down. I'm not in a cycle. Let's go to work. You're too mature to go through it. And not learn from it. You're too mature for that. You're too mature. You're too, can I be honest with you? You are more mature spiritually than you know. Bishop, how do I know that I'm more spiritually mature? How, how can you say this about me? I, I can say it very simply. One, you're in church on a Wednesday. In the middle of a pandemic. And for some of y'all, had this been 12 months ago, you wouldn't have been in nobody's church on a Wednesday. You're maturing, you're growing. Number two, watch me. I know just how spiritually mature you are based on the level of battle you face. 
David was trusted with a king's battle, not just because he would one day be king, but in him, watch me, he had already developed the spiritual maturity to handle that battle and handle it well. Can I tell you, your enemies are actually your indicators. Let me see if I can say it another way. Your hater is your indicator. Why? Of how spiritually mature I am. Every giant I'm facing is an indication of just how big, watch me, my enemy thinks it is. Because if you got to send a giant after a 16-year-old boy, tell me who's scared. And some of y'all don't even realize the enemy is petrified of you because every day you keep getting up. Every day you keep pressing forward. Every day you keep giving God the glory. And he can't figure out why you ain't gave up yet. Why you haven't quit yet. Why you didn't commit suicide yet. But baby, I'm here to tell you, and your next 12. Somebody said they're going to be my best 12. The level of your battles indicate the level of your maturity. Let me give you one more scriptural example. The Lord says, when the children of Israel were coming out of 430 years of, he, of uh, Egyptian bondage, he says, I could have taken them the shorter route. The shorter route, it would have been by the way of the Philistines, and had they seen warfare, they would have quit and turned back. What was he saying? I can't trust them with that level of battle because they're not mature enough for that. That's why for some of you, be like, God, Bishop, all my life, I've been battle after battle, issue after issue. Who am I talking to? Problem after problem. It's like the moment I think I get a break, then another breakdown comes. The moment I think I'll finally get a chance to get something done, then something comes to get in my way. That's an indication of your spiritual maturity. God says, I know she can handle this and going to keep it moving. I know Job. Come here, Job. The Bible says that God volunteers Job. Literally, Satan says, Satan, can I just give it to you for a minute? They're having a meeting of the sons of God in Scripture. Sons of God is a Hebrew idiom that means the archangel. See, the reason that the enemy has a problem with you isn't because he has a problem with God. It's because you have literally replaced him. What do you mean? He used to be the son of God. <laughs> now you are. He, they used to be called the sons of God. Then he made us. That's what the entire issue that Satan had with Adam in the first place was that now this man has replaced us. They have now taken our place. We were your sons. Now you've reduced us to being your servants. I'm going to show you, God, that they don't deserve to be called your sons. Can I teach for a moment like I want to? So in the book of Job, God says to Satan, he says, so where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. I've been going back and forth on the earth. Which teaches us two important principles. One, Satan is not omnipresent. I need you to stop giving the devil so much glory. He's not everywhere at the same time. He doesn't have the ability to do that. He just indicated that when he has to go where he needs to go, he's got to walk to get there. That's number one. Here's number two. The Lord says to Satan, have you considered, stop, Satan wasn't thinking nothing about Job. But because God knew how mature Job was, God says, have you considered my servant Job? That there is nobody like him. Everybody look at me. I need some of you to know that your maturity, watch me, God looks at your maturity and God says, I have volunteered you for some stuff that you didn't know I was the one that signed you up for it. There's some hell you went through that the devil wasn't even thinking about. I signed you up for it. 
There's some mess you went through that the enemy wasn't even talking about you, but I'm the one that signed you up for it. And I signed you up, why? Because I knew you had a level of maturity to deal with it, and you would not do like Job's wife did and say, curse God and die. But you'd be like Job, and Job lasted to the end of the book. And the Bible says that because Job lasted, God gave him double. Why? For his trouble. And for somebody in this building tonight, and for somebody online tonight, I need you to know you got some double coming for all the... Why? You're more mature than you know. You're stronger than you know. You're wiser than you know. Open your mouth and say, I got some double on the way. God volunteered you for some hell. God volunteered you for some stuff. This is why when you rebuked it, it didn't go nowhere. You can't rebuke God. This is why when you fasted, nothing changed. You're like, fasting didn't work. It's not that fasting didn't work. It's that you can't fast God away. I tried to sow my way out of it. It didn't work. No, it's not that your sowing didn't work. You can't sow your way outside of God. There are some stuff that God says, all of what you're going through is my idea. Because Job, I want to give you way more than you ever thought. Come on, Ephesians 3.20. I, I, I am the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. And sometimes, Job, I got to sign you up for some trouble in order to get you your double. There's some stuff I got to put you through to get you where I'm trying to take you to. So it's not that you doing the right thing didn't work. It's just that you just can't use it against God. Did you hear what I just said? So everybody says it just seemed like this church thing didn't work. No, 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 no. Mm, no, no, it worked. It's just that the hell you went through, God signed you up for that. There's no opt-out form for that. You're going to have to go through it. But I'm here to tell you because you did. I'm pacing myself because I feel like running. But because you did, God's not going to let you go unpaid. God will not be left owing you nothing. I just need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say your first and last name. Say, and your next 12 will be your best 12 because you're mature. All right. Let's go to work. <laughs> you're too mature to go through it and not learn from it whatever your it is. And we often think we're right until we tacoon. Every person thinks they're right until they learn they're wrong. You will swear up and down as one thing until you've shown clearly it's something else. You will get mad and angry and say, I can't wait to show them. And then when you check it, you're like, oh. Where y'all at? It's quiet in here. What is tacoon? Tacoon says, what I can do, I will do to fix me first. What I can do, I will do to fix me first. Often in life, we're so focused on fixing everybody else. I'm going to get her together. I'm going to get him together. I'm going to get him this. I'm going to get, stop. Get yourself together first. Do not be a Monday morning quarterback that ain't never won a game. It's easy to watch the footage and say what he should have did, but you weren't in the game when he was in the middle of the play trying to scramble, trying to figure it out. I need you not to criticize what you don't have the capacity to build yourself. 
Don't criticize what you don't have the ability. I know it's easy to look at a woman and say, why is she living like this? Why is she doing that? But you ain't been in her shoes. You don't know what she's been through. You don't know where she's at. The best thing you can do for her is pray for her. I know it's easy to criticize a man, but you don't know what that man is going through. The best thing you can do is pray for them. But while you pray for them, work on you. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm working on myself. I'm working on myself. I'm working on myself. Proverbs 16.25. There is a way that seems right to man. Seems right don't mean it's right. You'll notice on the screen it says seems is not equal to real. It seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Now notice it says if you keep doing this at the end, it's going to lead to something dying. What does death mean in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament? It means a violent end. If you don't fix some things, you will have a violent end. That's why, that's why you ever seen stuff where it started simmering and, and then it started boiling? But because you wouldn't cocoon it when it was simmering, it's boiling. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. See, y'all used to just throw little, 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 little nasty remarks at one another. But because nobody would step up and fix the nasty remarks, now y'all throwing. Okay, y'all ain't, ain't going to say nothing to me. All right? So, so watch me. It means it's the way to death. So if you don't fix it, it's going to end violently. Then it means something dies. Then something is ruined. Then it's hell. Look at this. He says, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end of it's going to be hell. The end of it's going to be ruined. The end of it is something's going to die. How many friendships could have survived, but nobody would cocoon? How, okay, it's quiet in here. All right, it's a violent end, which means it ends messy. Gets mm. messy. Why? Because nobody will tacoon. Now, this is important to understand, because if you don't tacoon, um, it's important to get this principle. You will be wounded again. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. You're going to be wounded again. Please don't take the serious group therapy as a you'll never be wounded again series. Please hear it is as you will absolutely be wounded again, and you need to know how to handle it. So you're not afraid of it. Amen. Well, you know how to handle a wound. You're not afraid of a wound. You know, they have doctors who are specially trained to deal with acute trauma, which means they don't have hours to go look up the books and get on Google. They can't go to WebMD to try to see what the other doctors think they should do. Because the situation is so acute and it's trauma, they are specially trained to deal with situations in an immediate emergency circumstance, and they are not afraid of it. They just say, what do we have? Doc, we got a this and a this and a this and a this. We need to do this, 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 boom. Give me 20 this, give me this, and then Jackie, go do this, Darlene, go do this, everybody go do this, Shirley, go over there, do this. Why? I'm not afraid of this because I know how to handle this. And I need you to be grateful for everything you've been through. Why? I'm not afraid of it now. I know how to handle it now. Bishop, somebody lied on me. You've been lied on before. You know how to handle it. Bishop, somebody walked out. You've been walked out on before. Now you know how to handle it. John 16, 33, I told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a guarantee. Trouble means wounds. You're going to be wounded. But take heart. Keep your mind together. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, this is done as far as I'm concerned. But, but, but listen, but listen. But you will always fear being wounded. 
if you don't tacoon. Somebody said it the other night on prayer that tacoon is really like group therapy part two. That's true. It is really like group therapy part two. Okay, because now you heal, but now we need to do the fixing necessary. All right, so that you are not afraid of being wounded. Like if you've ever gone through a bad relationship, what's the first thing you tell somebody new? I've been through a lot. If you've ever had a bad business deal, you just say, listen, I, I just, you know, it's nothing personal. I just, uh, you know, we've had some bad deals in the past. You literally start new basing it off of old. So nobody gets a fair shot with you ever. Because you are starting something new based on something old. And this is why the Bible says, behold, I do a new thing. Do not remember the former things. Watch me. Nor even consider the things of old. Because if you're considering that, you're literally going to turn it into that and become a self-fulfilling prophet. You'll prophesy its damnation so you'll see its damnation. You'll prophesy it's going to be messed so you'll see it being messy. You'll prophesy that it's difficult so you'll see it being difficult. But you. You about to take the month of April to Tacoon. And when some things get fixed, that means it's going to be easy for the favor to flow your way. All right, let's go to work. Now, if you Tacoon, you do not live in fear of wounds because you know how to heal before you're ever hurt. So you're like, a, you're like an emergency room doctor. You know how to heal. You know how to get it done. Somebody comes in and it's, a blood, it's blood all over the place. You know, you, you know, could you imagine going into the ER? Anybody got a lab coat? <laughs> I don't know why you'd have one in church, but go give me one of my robes. Give me one of my robes. Give me one of my robes. Give me my cream robe. It's close to white. All right, give me a cream, cream robe, cream robe. All right, somebody never seen my cream robe. I ain't wore robes in a while, but we're going to go. Let's go give me that. Watch me. Could you imagine going into an ER and, you know, watching, and they're bringing in somebody, you know, arm half hanging off, just bloody, blood everywhere, just blood everywhere. Come on, give me, give me a lab coat. <laughs> give, give me a lab coat. Oh, look, come on, Max. Look at God. Won't he do it? I'm just saying, won't he do it? Listen, he keeps a ram in the thicket. I need y'all to know he's. Hold on, I may keep this on for the rest of the night. <laughs> All right. All right, so this is the doctor's role, okay? Could you imagine the doctor? And they got the bloody person. Come here, your arm all hanging off. You can't get ready for your arm to hang off. No, no, you ain't on the ground. No. <laughs> so dramatic. Your arm just is hanging, you know, it's hanging off. It's all bloody. And could you imagine a doctor walking in? Oh my God. I don't know what we're gonna do. I need a minute. Oh my God. <sighs> Doc, are you okay? No, I just need a moment. I'm having a panic attack. You better get your you trained for this. You prepared for this. You are ready for this. And I need some of y'all to hear me tonight. You don't have time to be having no panic attack. You are prepared for this. You have trained for this. Open your mouth say, I'm ready. He's ready. Let's go. Watch. 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 
if you tacoon, you're ready. You don't have to get ready because you stayed ready. So you don't walk around in fear. I'm just scared somebody gonna hurt me. When you're tacoon, you're you're too cool. <laughs> when you're tacoon, you're like, I'm good. Are you leaving? Okay, just leave the key at the front. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me tonight. Somebody lie on you. Listen, you ain't even gonna get mad. You're gonna say, what they say? For real? God, no, that's creative. I ain't scared of nobody saying nothing negative. Why? I prepared for this. I trained for this. I got healed, then I fixed. I got healed, then I fixed. I had therapy, then I took cool. I had therapy, then I took cool. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Sunday, we learn how to fix your focus because when you lose focus, you forfeit your future. Focus is directed attention to the center of interest or activity, and it's easy to lose focus on the God things. Let me remind you of the God things. I teach you these five T's. Here are the God things. The God things are time. We get to attend church faithfully. Treasure, we get to faithfully give. Tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings. Talent, we get to serve using our gifts and talents to change lives. Let's go. Our thirst, that's passion and our prayer, praise, and worship. That's why I say at church, the moment it's time, I need y'all on your feet, ready to go. When that door open, it's time to give God glory. And listen, you ain't got to wait for the door to open. I wish that this Sunday when I come in here, uh, watch me, some of y'all are already clapping. You're already praising. You're already putting praise in the atmosphere. Why? I don't need to wait for the praise team to invite me to a praise for my God. I don't need to be invited to worship. I just think of the goodness of Jesus and I can go by myself. Your testimony, we get to invite everybody and anybody to harvest everywhere all the time. Everybody's included, nobody's excluded. So it's easy to lose focus of these things. It's easy to lose focus on church attendance and say, oh my God, I got basketball, I got volleyball, I got volleyball, I got golf ball, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got San Antonio, I got all this. It's easy to lose focus on that. It's easy to lose focus on your prayer, praise, and worship. This is why I say, you've heard me say this a lot lately. We came to worship, not be worshiped. Because what I've discovered is many Christians, you think this is about you. Got it? So even when you come into church, you don't come into church to give them glory. You come in church with sad face on. I need somebody to come over here and say something to me. Instead of saying, I said something to myself in the car. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be, I'm not going to come up in here sad. Why? I have no reason to be sad. Because if I still got a post, he still got a plan. And I owe him praise. It's easy to lose focus when you're at the store of sharing your testimony, inviting people to church. That's easy to lose focus. Because you're like, I need to get this stuff and I need to get out of here. I got to eat before 6, and it is 5.32, and I don't know how this is going to be ready by 6. Huh? <laughs> it's easy to lose focus on that. It's easy. Let's go to the previous one. It's easy to lose focus on, on in treasure and, and your fo- faithful giving to God. Just don't forget that it was your faithful giving that got you to where you are. It amazes me how you can faithfully give to get to where you are, then think that you got yourself there. It's your giving that got you to where you are, and it's your giving that's going to take you even further talent it's easy to say i'm too busy to do anything for god that's easy to say that's easy to do it's easy to lose focus on these things and get focused on other things and become distracted what's distracted it's having your thoughts or attention drawn away 
It means you're unable to give attention to. And then we spend a lot of time on this one. You're harassed, confused, or deranged by strong feelings. Now, I taught you on Sunday that deranged, a simple way to look at it, is that you are out of range. You're out of order. You're out of line. But technical defini definition of deranged means you're insane. <coughs> so literally, when you are harassed and you're confused and you have these strong feelings, even if they're wrong, what will happen is you will do things that are insane. This is literally what Jesus, this is, the, this is what he pled for us on Calvary. Um, what did Jesus say? Father, you know the rest, forgive them, finish it, for they know not what they do. Translation, they're insane. Whenever you um, are brought up before certain charges in a criminal court, you can plead insanity, which says, at that moment, I did not understand what I was doing, nor the consequences of what I was doing. So if you're not careful, you can get distracted and do stuff that later on, once you're out of your distraction, you say, what in the heck did I just do? I wish there were some honest people in here tonight I could tell the truth that there's some things you have done in a moment where you're distracted, where you go back and you look at it. Watch me. Who's ever sent an email that wasn't ready to be sent? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Who's ever sent a text and that joker was not ready to be sent? Matter of fact, you weren't even going to say what you were going to say, but in your moment of anger and frustration, you started typing and you hit sin before you read. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. It literally means you are insane because strong feelings, what did I show you on Sunday? They have strong-armed you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Why? Did I show you on Sunday? Mark 3, 27. No one can enter a strong man's house. You are strong. You've been through a lot. And you beat it. See, strength is not just going through. Strength is beating. Strength is not just getting walking through a valley. Strength is beating a valley. Strength is not just saying, child, if you know what I've been through. Strength is saying, I've been through it and I'm better because of it. Can I be honest with you? If you knew half of what the person sitting next to you has gone through and overcome, you would start clapping just to celebrate them. Matter of fact, can we give God glory for what your neighbor has overcome, for what somebody on your row has overcome? You a whole survivor. You a whole survivor. You a baby. You a whole lifetime movie. You a BET special. You a Sunday night two-part special. Somebody say, I am an overcomer. Don't let the smile fool you. There were some days they were crying. Don't let the good looks fool you. There were some days they felt ugly. Don't let their shot fool you. There were some days they couldn't get a praise up out of them. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. So the enemy can't distract you the way he distracts a square. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the term square, <laughs> the enemy can't distract you like he does a regular person so here's what he does with a regular person see a regular person if he wants to distract them all he does all he does is just hey 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 they totally distracted but you too strong for that you keep your eyes on the prize <laughs> you ain't moving you ain't distracting well, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me this is who you are you are like MC Hammer, boo. You are too legit to quit. I've been through too much to let this get me off my...
So what does he have to do? What does he have to do to somebody that's strong? What did I show you on Sunday? He's got to, put the verse up, he's got to distract you. Because no matter can enter your house and take your stuff. Because you're the strong man. You're the strong woman. And for some of you, can I speak to your strength? You have always said, why do I always have to be the strong one? And there's nobody ever there to help me. Can I tell you, that's just what comes with your seat. When you're the strong one, sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Come here, David. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself. And stop waiting on somebody to pat you on your back. Pat yourself. Up. If you can't reach it, get a towel and pat yourself on your own back. If you need some encouragement, like your own self. And y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I'm just waiting on somebody to like my picture. Like your own picture. Put your own picture up in your house and say, you are bad somebody. I have a picture of myself up and somebody said, don't you think that's vain? I said, no, you don't know what I had to do to build that man. I built that man. That man, that man wasn't taught to be like that. I built that man. That man was built to be that way. No, I want to see him. Come here. I want to see him. I want to see his victory. Because when I see him, I see the God in him. This ain't about him. This is about the God. And to God be the glory. You can't touch your neighbor, but just wink at him and say, you a strong somebody. Yeah, you are. To have people call you names and you still love people. You don't hate people after the hate they threw at you. You don't hate that man after he called you out your name. You, you are strong somebody. You still nice to your family. No, they talking about you. You are strong somebody. So you're the strong one. You can't take your stuff unless you first bind you, distract you, and tie you up with stuff. So distraction is designed to tie you up. You ever heard somebody say, I'm just tied up in so much, I got tied up? That's what it means. Because when you're distracted, you're not 100%. So now watch me. Now that he's been strong-armed by his distraction, now watch this. Look, what used to not work works again. Because when you're distracted, you're not 100%. And so the enemy wants to get you distracted so that you're only operating at 60% of your capacity. You're only operating at 75%. But I speak that in your next 12, you're going to be 100. You will not be distracted. You will not be tied up. You will not be bound up. You work too hard to get to where you are for, for your stuff to be plundered now. Say, I will not be distracted. Y'all, I need you to talk to me like it's a 10,000 of y'all. On three, holla, I will not be distracted. One, two, three, I will not be distracted. One of the biggest distractions, are you ready? Messy people. And messy situations. That's one of the biggest distractions. Here's a question, Bishop. What's messy? It's a situation that's confusing and full of difficulty. That's the technical definition. Let me give you the hood definition. (laughs) 
Whatever hood you from, it's your hood. This is the definition. Your neighborhood, whatever hood you from, this is your definition. Watch me. Here's the definition. They do too much. They always starting stuff. They're ratchet. They talk about what they don't know nothing about. They always talking about what they heard that you can't tell nobody that they heard it. You heard it from them. They always talking about other people yet ain't got nothing to show for themselves. Always criticizing and complaining and stealing the same mess. Watch out for steal people. Steal lying, steal doping, steal sexing, steal drugging, steal messed up, steal gossiping. I need you to get away from them steal people. Got a problem with everybody. Well, you know, the reason I don't like her is because it is. Have you ever considered she might not like you either? Well, Bishop, my mama don't like you. Quiet as this cap, I don't like your mama. I'm just joking. Love God. Love God. This is a two-way street, baby. <laughs> My family don't like you. I don't like them ninjas either. I listen. We, we got something in common. Because sometimes people tell you stuff like, 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 like they're withholding of love and like for you is your problem. Somebody not liking you is not your problem. Somebody not loving you is not your problem. You are still valuable even if they don't want you. You're still valuable even if they don't want to be around you. That's your issue. That's not mine. That's the neighborhood definition. Everybody in here knows somebody messy. And when I said messy, everybody in here, some two or three people started popping on your head when I said messy. Don't lie, don't lie, come on. When I did the Instagram live, images was, I had to say, Holy Ghost, keep my tongue, keep my tongue. Cause it was like, y'all remember that thing, the red thing you used to have to pull down on? With the, uh, what's it called? The thing you put the little, the disc in and you pull it down, the red thing? Who? Everybody, the thing, you know, the thing. Google it for me so I can say the right thing. Viewfinder. Is that what it is? Viewfinder. Viewfinder. The red thing. <laughs> All right. Now watch. Now watch me. That, that, listen, the moment I said messy, your head started. She sure is. God, he's messy. Can't stand her. And can I be honest with you? Some of the messiest are the closest to you. Mm, I'm coming. I'm coming. We in the car. We in the car. All right? Here's the deal. Jeremiah 32, 27. So who doesn't like mess? I can't stand mess. Can't stand mess. What is mess? Unnecessary drama. Unnecessary extra. 
for no point. Like, what? All this extra, sat down somewhere. You're doing too much. Too much.com, that's your name. <laughs> They'll gossip to you and call it, I'm telling you for prayer. I'm telling you somebody else's personal business that they asked me to keep private, but I'm telling it to you for the purposes of prayer. You a mess. Come here. Come here. Get real close to me, Cameron. Get real close. Because some of them, some of them, look at me. You a mess. A whole mess. If you gossip in the name of God, Okay, all right. Come on, y'all don't get quiet now. Let's just lock the doors. Ain't nobody leaving. Not this mess. So listen, here's the deal. When you're dealing with mess, mess is a part of life. And here's the deal. While it's easy for us to think of messy people, can we, can we all be honest? You and I, <laughs> you and I, T-Y, you and I, we have been messy too. Come on, let's just go on and get that truth out there. Let's not throw rocks at people when you got a whole heap of mess. You three days out of mess talking about, talk about these messy people, Bishop. You only three days out. Come on, let's just. Three days later, he rose again. Listen. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard or messy for me? God is like, I know how to deal with messy people and messy situations. He says, there's nothing too messy for me. Everybody look at me. Here's why we don't like mess, because often we don't see a way out of it. It stresses you out, it wears you out, it makes you angry, it makes your neck start popping, it makes your back start popping, you start rocking and shaking and shaking and rocking and all of that. And we don't like mess because you're like, oh my God, this is such a mess. And often when mess is happening, you think it's the end of the world. If somebody's gossiping about you, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Live. Oh my God, how am I going to survive this? The same way you survived the last time they lied on you. Somebody said there's nothing too messy for God. Mess doesn't move God, Wednesday. Like, God is not moved by mess. He's not like, God is, heaven is not like, now God has a side of him that's very humorous. So I can only imagine the conversations. I can only imagine, come here, you're going to be Michael? Come here, Gabriel. Michael and Gabriel, come here. I can only imagine the conversations. Because the Lord is, no, 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 come over here, come over here, come over here. I can imagine the conversations. So God is sitting up. Now, you know, angels are around him all day making noise. Holy, holy, holy. But I can imagine saying, hold, 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 hold. Look at this girl here. Now, how's she the only one out of. Uh, Sir? Would you like for me to handle that? No. Ain't even nothing to do about that. She messy. God, dog, she messy. You see this girl? Always doing something. Y'all keep giving me glory. 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 God, dog. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. There she go again. If she said one more TikTok, if she said one more text after he said, stop texting me all that. God, dog, look, she finna go back in there. She finna go back in there. He said, stop. God, dog. Y'all give me glory. Give me glory. <laughs> all right. God is not 
That's not happening. Heaven's not moved by mess. I'll say it again. Heaven is not moved by mess. Bishop, my marriage is messy. Heaven is not moved by mess. You know what? Sometimes you need to see the mess so you know what to clean up. If you don't know what to clean up, then you're not going to know what to do. So you're going to spin your wheel. Say heaven is not moved by mess. So, so, so let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We looked at this on Sunday. I want to show you these verses. I want to show you in the context of how to handle messy people, messy situations. Everybody listen. They're not going away. Ever. God's people were messy. Adam and Eve were messy. How two are messy. It's two of y'all. And y'all can't even not be messy. Listen, wherever two or three are gathered, there will be mess in the midst of them. And now, because you've learned how to be, you know, by yourself during the pandemic, you can be by yourself and be messy. You're sitting up gossiping to yourself. This is a mess. I can't believe this. This is crazy. Can you believe this? Nah. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, um, doing this, the, the cloud of witnesses that the Bible is referencing is Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. You, it begins to list out several people throughout the Bible that have done amazing things by faith. And we know names like Abraham. We know names like Sarah. We know names like Isaac. We know names like Moses. I wanted to pull out five names that you don't hear a lot about who are also listed in the Hall of Fame, which means it does not matter, watch me, just what the people say about you. It matters how God views you. Why is that important to understand? Because the people didn't think that they were that great, but God says put them in the Hall of Fame too. And for some of y'all, I'm here to tell you, people may not applaud you, but heaven does. Your kids may not say thank you, but God is saying, girl, you did a hell of a job with that. You did a heck of a job with that. Some, you did a heck of a job with that. Not cussing. Greek word, you know. Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, so I want to pull out a few. I want you to see something. Abel. Everybody say Abel. Abel is the brother of Cain. Cain and Abel, they have different fathers. I've told on this before. The scripture makes it clear that Cain is the result, First John teaches us, is the result of a sexual intercourse that Eve has now had with the enemy. In the Bible, when it says the serpent was in the garden, serpent doesn't mean snake in Hebrew. It means deceiver. Genesis 19 teaches us that anytime an angel appears in the earth, they appear as a man. So therefore, Satan, when he appears in the garden, he doesn't appear as a snake that slithers. Watch me. That's why the Bible says part of his curse was that he would go on his belly, which means he didn't come up on his belly. He came up on his feet. Let's go. He speaks to Eve, and when he speaks to Eve, he deceives her. The Bible says she is beguiled. She is deceived, and she has this intercourse relationship with the enemy. Bishop, how do you know that? Because fruit, watch me, please pay attention. Fruit in the Bible is a Hebrew idiom for sex. That's why the scripture says be fruitful and multiply. Have intercourse and multiply. What did Eve take from the tree? Fruit, shut up. Okay, you already missed it. You already missed it. 
What did she eat up? See, for years, you thought because in Sunday school, they said, look, she took that apple. And that's why I don't like apples now. She ain't had no apple. She entered into a relationship sexually with the enemy. And she was deceived. And the Bible says that she gave to her husband that was with her and he ate. Okay, y'all, okay, all right. This is too much for a Wednesday. I got to hold this for Bible study. I got to hold this for Bible college. This is too much for you. So watch me. So what happens is the scripture makes it clear in 1 John that Cain is the uh, uh, son of the enemy. He says, not Cain who was of the wicked one. So take this out. Stay with me. So Cain, she's deceived into thinking that's Adam's son. They have different fathers. Let's go further. Genesis 5. Take notes for my note takers. Genesis 5 teaches us that the only one missing from Adam's genealogy is who? Cain. Because Cain ain't Adam's son. Why am I telling you all this background? Because the first two brothers, Cain and Abel, had different daddies. Let's go. It was a blended family from the beginning, and there was hatred between the two because Cain gave an offering, but Abel gave a first fruit. And when Abel gave a first fruit, the Bible says this has surpassed what your brother gave. And so Cain was now jealous of what his brother gave because his brother was reaping greater than he was reaping. There are some people that, can't, that hate you because they, watch me, they see your harvest, but they didn't check your seed. They got an issue with how you living, but they didn't see you when you were struggling. They got an issue with how you're at the top, but they didn't see you at the bottom. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Abel by faith gave greater than his brother Cain. And now he's dealing with this family turmoil because they have different fathers. Y'all still here? So watch me. But he's listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. But his whole life was messy. Watch me. Not because of him, but because of a sibling. Who am I talking to online or in this building tonight? That a lot of the mess you've dealt with ain't even because of you. It's because of somebody else in your house. Let's look at Sarah. Sarah is the wife to Abraham. Their names were Abram and Sarai before the Lord changed them to Abraham and Sarah. Uh, the H is significant because it literally is God changing their name to make it so that every time you say their name, he added Yahweh to their name. So every time Abram would say Sarah, he was saying Sarah in covenant with Yahweh. Yahweh is God's name. See, his name in English, Jehovah. In Hebrew, Yahweh, his full name, yad heh The Hebrews won't even utter the name, so they just call it the name. And they have a hand signal for it called the Tetragrammaton that I've showed you, Y-H-W-H. Anytime in your Bible you see the, lawyer, uh, the uh, letters L-O-R-D capitalized, that is God's covenant name. God is not God's name. I know you thought it was. It's not. His name is, is, is Yahweh, Yahweh, it's Jehovah. God is a title. Mm -hmm. God is a title, which means anything can be your God because God means source. Mm. I just need to know if he's your source in this building tonight. Your job's not your source. People aren't your source. Somebody say, God is my source. Sarah is listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith because she, the scripture says, she makes a declaration and a decision Watch me. At one point, God says, you're going to have a child. And uh, Sarah's like, this is not happening. She says, hey, Abram, I'm too old. And Abram, you are too. 
Come on in here, let's cuddle, but ain't nothing finna happen. <laughs> now watch. <laughs> watch. The Bible says, by faith, she conceived. At first, she screws it up, though. Because she says to Abram, God is taking too long. Somebody say messy. So watch it get messy. It goes real Jerry Springer real fast. It goes real Sally Jesse Raphael real fast. Who remembers Sally Jesse Raphael? That was my favorite. Listen. <laughs> I just love the red glasses. I just, I just love the red glasses. Watch me. So here's the deal. So Sarah says, hey, 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 hey. I got this servant. Her name is Hagar. And listen, Abraham, I'm going to need you to go into her because God is taking too long. And because God is taking too long, let's help him out. He gets Hagar pregnant by his wife's hall pass. Be careful that you don't get mad about what you allowed. Mm. His, his wife says, go into Hagar. So she has a child. The child's name is Ishmael. Ishmael and Isaac begin to fight. So one day, Sarah gets mad because Hagar starts feeling herself. Hagar start walking in the house like she runs stuff. Like, who gonna make the eggs? And Sarah like, you the servant. Who gonna cook? You the servant. And so Sarah says, get this woman out of my house. Wait a minute, it's messy. You wanted her to sleep with your husband to get you a son. But now that you don't need her no more, you think she's feeling herself. Somebody say, it's a messy situation. But she's in the Hall of Fame of Faith, even though she's one of the most messy women to ever walk the planet. So he says, he, she tells Abram, you got to get this woman out of my house. She can't stay here no more. Abraham like, God, this is my son. What am I supposed to do? Everybody listen. The Lord says, in this instance, obey Sarah. Because if you lead these women in this house, they're going to tear one another up. So I need you, I'm going to bless Ishmael, and I need you to send them away. Now listen, by today's standard, we call Abraham a deadbeat dad. Yet he's called the father of the faith. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? I'm here to tell you, I don't care how your story starts. God's going to change how it ends. Can I get you to lift your hands and give God glory that it doesn't matter what it was, but he's going to change how it ends. I don't care how it started, but I can tell you it's going to end for your favor. It's going to end for your good. Say, my story's changing. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's look. That's a messy situation. So what begins to happen? The descendants of Isaac, the descendants of Israel begin to fight. What happens in the Middle East today? That's a family fight. That's a family fight that has been going on for thousands of years. That's all it is. It's two families, Ishmaelites and the descendants of Isaac fighting. That's it. That's it. Wars because of what happened thousands of years ago in that house. Let me say, that's a whole mess. Listen, you, you, you mad because somebody didn't bring the potato salad and you had to make it at the last minute. <laughs> this is world altering, world war type mess here. All right, let's go to Moses' parents. Now, this is interesting. Moses' parents are listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. But it's for a whole messy situation. Because the Bible says that for three months they held Moses back so that the edict that was given by Pharaoh to kill the firstborn, that he would not be discovered. Here's what's messy about it. They send Moses down the Nile River. And he's named Moshe in Hebrew, 
which it means to draw out. They named him that because they drew him out of the river. What they didn't know is it was prophetic because he was going to draw his people out of 430 years of Egyptian bondage, which is why I always teach you, you need to know what your name means. Because every time somebody says your name, they're prophesying what you're here for. You weren't named what you were named just because it was cute. You weren't named what you were named just because of something fashionable. God says, I literally selected your name. So every time people say your name, they're prophesying what you're here for. Say, by watch, I'm almost done. Say, by watch. So, but they kept Aaron and they kept Miriam, his brother and sister. He's the one that gets sent off. That's messy. He's the one that gets sent to the shelter, that gets abandoned, that gets rejected, that doesn't get invited in, that's not included, that's not in the family pictures. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. He's the one that's sent off while the other ones are there. But he's the one that they're going to need to get them out of Egypt. Because Miriam didn't get them out of Egypt. Aaron didn't get him out of Egypt. Moses did. But his parents, what they did in that moment seemed very... Could you imagine as a parent sending your son down the Nile River saying, we hoping for the best. Let me make it more practical because you can't relate to the Nile. Imagine dropping your child off at the hospital and saying, Lord, do it. But watch me, but if we don't do this and Pharaoh finds him, they will kill him. So for years, please pay attention to me. I'm, if you don't go up and praise when I say this, I'm throwing this mic. And that's okay, because I got a new one in the back. <laughs> Waiting on me. You ready for this? So for years, Moses, you have to live thinking you've been rejected. For years, you have to live thinking something was wrong with you when nothing was wrong with you at all. In fact, you were the one that wasn't rejected. You were the one that was hand-selected. I need everybody in here and everybody online where you've ever thought you were rejected to give God glory. Why? You were not rejected. You were hand-selected. There's something about you God needed to preserve. There's something about you God needed to protect. There's something about you God needed to be different. Everybody say yes, Lord. Let's go. Rahab, I'm almost done. I'm just showing you these messy situations. And these messy people who still made it to the Hall of Fame. Y'all ain't talking. Who still made it to the Hall of Fame. Because why it's easy for us to point our fingers at other people's mess. What do we all agree to? We've had some messy moments ourselves. And I need you to know if you're currently messy, come up out of it. But God still got a plan. If you used to be messy, guess what? He still got a plan. Rahab. Everybody know about Rahab? Everybody know about Rahab. I talked to you about Rahab. Did a whole message about her. She was the one that everybody was like, God can't use her. She's the town whoremongerer. You gotta say it like that in the South. Not whoremonger, whoremongerer. We add extra words. 
her a mongoler. She literally is the madam. She, r- she runs the ladies that get sent out on assignment. She's the original pimp. <laughs> Could you imagine Rahab sitting there coming, baby, you got my money? <laughs> you been out all night, you ain't got my money for me, baby? <laughs> that should have taken you three hours. Listen, baby, you've been gone for five. You better have double. <laughs> That's what she did. One day, God says, I have need of you. The people think I can't use you. What they don't realize is that you were taught this. What did I teach you about Rahab? You were taught this lifestyle. You were taught this way to live. You were taught this. So watch, watch me. While people are judging you, they don't realize you're only doing what you know to do, even though you don't want to do it. You just don't know how to do something different. Hear me, Harvest. We got to be the kind of people that speak life into one another and don't judge people because of where we find them. Because where we find them is not where they're going to end up. I don't care what they is, what they do. The same God that changed me, same God that's changing you, he's the same God that's going to change somebody else. Watch me. Here it is. I'm almost done. So what happens? So Rahab, she learned this, and I taught you this. This is learned behavior. She learned to do this. And this was a family business. So that means her father at one point used to put her out there. So at one point she said, well, look, I ain't going to be out on the block. I'm going to run who get on the block. Watch. So she's in the Hall of Fame of faith. Because one day Joshua comes and says, hey, uh, we need you to hide us. Because if this king finds out they were spying out Jericho. If the king finds out we've been spying out Jericho, listen, this is going to be a whole mess. Rahab says, I got you. Look, I've been praying for a way out. And you better hear me. You better hear me, Harvest. You about to be somebody else's way out. When you show up, you're going to be the answer to their prayer. When you show up, they're going to say, I've been waiting on, I needed a Christian to show up. I needed somebody to pray with me. I needed somebody to encourage me. You're my way out. Wink over at somebody. Don't touch them. Just wink at them and say, you're somebody's way out. I'm almost done. Look, so what ends up happening? So what ends up happening? So Rahab, Joshua and them, they come in. Rahab's like, I got you. I got you. I got you. Now Joshua, again, he's Moses' assistant. He's Moses' servant. He's got another guy with him. You know, they walk in the house like. A lot going on in here, huh? We'll come back. <laughs> She's like, uh-uh. I'm going to hide you up here. I'm going to hide you up here. Because I've been waiting on a way out. And I knew you were coming. If you read this story, she intimates, she says, I knew you were coming. In essence, she, she had been praying for a way out of that. <laughs> and so what happens is she makes accommodations for the men of God. They go. They come back to the city. She helps them overthrow the city. And God makes sure everybody else dies except Rahab and her family. But that's a messy situation. God used, everybody listen to me. I want you to pay very close attention. God used a whoremonger. I need you to catch it. Because if, if he could use her, 
I need you to stop telling him why he shouldn't use you. Stop telling him your list of issues like he don't know. Stop telling him your list of struggles like he don't know. Stop telling him your list of idiosyncrasies and what have you like he doesn't know. He knows and he says, and I still want to use you anyhow. I got to go. Hebrews. Hebrews. Hey, guys. Um, the Hebrews are mentioned there is about when they had to walk around the walls of Jericho. This is the city that they just spied out Rahab. This is a messy situation. So Joshua gets instructions. Walk around the city six days, once a day. Then on the seventh day, do it seven times. Huh? God, we're supposed to go to war. We're supposed to fight. I got all my tools. I got my weapons. I'm ready to fight. You want me to walk? This doesn't even make sense. This is messy. And it's literally messy because you got thousands of men walking around a city. It's getting literally, it's literally messy. And just imagine, imagine, day one, everybody's fired up. Day two, everybody's fired up. Day three, we ain't seen nothing yet. Ain't even no crack in the wall. We've seen no progress. This is messy. Imagine the backbiting Joshua got. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And, and, we, and we keep walking and we keep doing this 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 and we keep doing this. Imagine what Josh was dealing with. Because you know them Hebrews were a whole mess. And then on that seventh day, Josh like, it's going to get real messy today. Watch me. Here's, here's why I need you to sound. You ready? Say, why, Bishop? Because on the last day, on the seventh day, he said, go around it seven times. Check it out. Make the most mess. And when it's the messiest, all I need you to do is shout because I'm going to give you the victory. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. For some of you who got some messy people and some messy situations around, you better listen to me carefully. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. What is it prophesying? You got a victory that's about to... The messier it gets, baby, I got a victory on the way. Uh-uh, y'all are going to play me like that. Say the messier it gets, that means there's a victory on the way. When mess showed up, it was a prophetic announcement. When mess showed up, it was a prophetic announcement. It was announcing to you, the messier it gets, I'm teaching you how to handle it. You understand? When it's most messy, God says, now listen, that's your indication that there's some victory right after that. And I just need you to practice for your victory. I just need you to practice for your victory. I'm teaching you how to handle it. The Bible says after they walked, he said, now tell them to shout. And when they shout, the walls came down. I just want you to practice on three. One, two, three. Practice. Go. Hallelujah! 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 Watch. So look. Look. Messy situations. Therefore, since all these people have dealt with some messy situations, you need to lay aside every weight. <laughs> Because your mess ain't worse than they mess. 
and the sin, the mess, which so easily clings mess, it's easy to surround you, to entangle you. What's the last word on the screen? To distract you. Say, I will not be distracted. You need to learn how to say, I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm not dealing with that right now. Sometimes you got to learn how to say, uh-uh, let me put this over here right now because I don't have time for that. I will get to that when I get to that, but this mess is not going to distract me. Y'all, I feel like preaching tonight. Can I get you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I will not be distracted. Go to the next part of the verse. Watch me. It says this, and let us run with endurance. What is that? Cheerful patience. Cussing ain't going to fix it. Acting a fool ain't going to fix it. Uh, running around being mad ain't going to fix it. I need you to have a good attitude. Why? If it's messy, there's about to be a miracle. Whoa, ba, ba, shop, tie If it's messy, there's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, there's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, it's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, it's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, it's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, it's about to be a miracle. If it's messy, it's... Watch me. Let us run the race. Opposition, struggle, agony, contest. That's set before you. Say, I have a race. I need you not to be distracted with other people's race. Don't be distracted with other people's mess. People come, did you hear what happened with so-and-so? I'd be like, I don't know, and I don't care. I got my own race. Say, I got my own race. Next time somebody call you with gossip, say, I'm good. Why? Because I got my own race. Watch me. Look what he says. Look, look, look. look. Uh, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. What does that mean? He saw the reward at the end of his mess. Because there's somebody I did mention who went through some mess. Jesus. <laughs> he went through a whole messy situation. Somebody said, but he saw a reward at the end. He endured the cross. What does that mean? That means he remained under pressure. He remained under pressure. He remained under pressure. What does that mean? Some of you, watch me, you don't endure because the moment pressure comes, you disappear. Literally, it means he remained under pressure. He stayed in his seat of authority even under pressure. I need you to stop all these sabbaticals and walking away and this and that and all that. I need you to sit in your seat and handle it. Stop talking about I need a vacation from life. No, I need you to build a life you don't need a vacation from. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. Say, I'm remaining under pressure. I'm re he endured the cross. This is a messy situation. Listen, they got Jesus on some trumped up false charges. Lord, keep my tongue. They, they got him on some false charges. Wasn't even true. They brought some lying witnesses in here. Be careful when you say stuff like, why would somebody lie about that? It's a whole lot of reason, crazy lies. Whole lot of reasons. Whole lot of reasons. Crazy or lie because it's Tuesday. Say messy situation. They got him on some fake charges. Gets put on a cross. He's beaten, and he's beaten beyond recognition as a man. Say messy. You talking about you feel defeated? How does that compare? But he remained. Notice, not once did he say stop. Some of you keep asking God to get you out of it, but if He gets you out of it, if you abort the mess, you abort the miracle. 
If you abort the mess, you abort the miracle. You didn't get to day seven to say, I ain't walking around no more. You didn't get to the last day to not endure. Somebody say, I will endure. He endured the cross, the messy situation. Go, go. Despised the shame. Look what this means. Disregard. To think little or nothing of. Jesus disregarded the shame. He's like, I don't care what you people think about me. Let me tell you what will deliver you. When you stop caring what people think. You can't please everybody. You got to please God in whatever organization. You always please up. You always honor up. But listen, for everybody else. Look what it, this means. Look what it means. Don't think too big about something so small. Question, question, question. What are the names of the people that did this to Jesus? You don't know them. Watch me. Because their names are irrelevant. Because they won't matter after a while. You have made these big old issues out of messy people. You've made these big old monuments out of messy people. You made these big old, oh my God, let me tell you what. You don't even know the names. Who lied on Jesus? You don't even know the names. All you know is Judas, and he, he committed suicide. Everybody listen to me. Your Judas will always take themselves out. You don't even need to get involved. I don't even need you to be worried about them. Watch me. Somebody going to run up to you and say, child, you heard about so-and-so? Let me tell you what they did. And you'll be like, oh, you shouldn't mess with a child of God. Because if God be for me, who would dare be against me? Watch me. Look. And is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What does this mean? He, 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 he kept his seat. He, he set himself. He kept his appointment. Here's what happens when messy people in messy situations think. We start reevaluating what we ought not. We start, we start thinking about stuff that we ought not think about. Like, if you've ever had mess on a job, what's the first thing you think about? You know what? Let me go to Indeed and see if Indeed does a blessing. And watch me. And I'm not saying that's maybe not necessary. Here's what I am saying. Is that the first place your mind went to was abort. Instead of This is my seat. This is my seat. I need to encourage a pastor. Pastor, you got some messy people you're dealing with. And the first thing that came to your mind is giving up on ministry. You bet not. You bet not. You bet not. I need you to sit back on your seat and keep doing what you do. Because when you keep doing what you do, God will see how you handle the mess. And then he's going to bless you in spite of the mess. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, you got a bless coming your way because of the mess that you've overcome. Open your mouth say, there's a bless on the way. Because of the mess I overcame. Here's the last part, go. Go to the next part for me. Consider him who endeared from sinners, messy people. Such hostility, messy warfare. Against himself. So that you don't grow weary or faint heart. He says, listen, you can't avoid mess. Can't avoid messy people. 
But I need you. I need you to consider him. Because he showed you how to deal with it. When he could have cursed them out. And I know sometimes, can we be real? Can we have a real moment Wednesday? I'm done. Can we have a real moment? There's some times where you just want to take off your Christian ring. Take off your V. So let me tell you something. Because evidently you got me twisted. I, I'm not from here. I'm from. I will. Because you don't know. And then right in the middle of it, your spirituality will come on and be like, because I love the Lord. <laughs> Some of y'all, I can tell. Some of y'all, listen, you still getting delivered from some of that. It comes out in your worship because your worship is aggressive. Like, that's such aggressive worship. Like, you're so aggressive when you give them glory. You, You do that now. <sighs> Say, I will not grow weary. I will not grow faint-hearted. What does faint heart mean? What does faint heart mean? Here's what faint heart means. Here's what faint heart means. It's like your heartbeat. Faint heart. It means slowly you lose your passion. You lose your focus. You lose your love. You become a robot. Because when you're faint-hearted, you're numb. And you have let messy people and messy situations mess with your heartbeat. But your heartbeat, your heartbeat's coming back tonight. Your heartbeat, your heartbeat's coming back tonight. I said your heart's coming back tonight. I said it's coming back tonight. It's coming back tonight. It's coming back tonight. It's coming back tonight. Your passion's coming back. Your fire's coming back. Your joy's coming back. Your desire's coming back. Your faith is 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 coming back. Give God glory tonight. I gotta go. If you're in this building or you're online tonight and you've never become a Christian, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him, tonight's your night to recommit yourself to him. Thirdly, you're like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight. I need you to be sure tonight. If that's you in this building or online, online, I'm gonna ask you to just do the hand wave emoji in this building. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. 
God loves you. He's not mad. He ain't trying to beat you up and throw you down. He's not moved by the mess. He's so proud of how you've been handling some of it. He's so proud of how you've been handling some of it. He's so proud of how you've been handling some of it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Say, my heartbeat's coming back. Oh, my God, this is so good to me. Say, my heartbeat's coming back. I just need you to just, I just, ah. Yeah, it's beating now. It's beating like it ain't beat before. Yeah. And it ain't going to go back to the way it used to be. Yeah, I see you in your next 12, baby, and you look a whole lot better than you did in your previous 12. Life is looking real good for you, baby, because your heartbeat's coming back tonight. Open your mouth and give God glory for five seconds. Go, five, four, three, two, one. Say, I will not be faint-hearted. You need to become a Christian when you commit yourself to the Lord or be sure on three in the building. Throw your hand up online. Do the hand wave emoji. It says me one, two, three. If that's you, respond right now where you're at. I see you. I see you in the building online. Do that hand wave emoji or type the two words. It's me. Come on, church. Let's celebrate people giving their lives to the Lord on a Wednesday. I want everybody to pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. I know how to handle messy people and messy situations. In Jesus' name, amen. I need you to take out your phone, text the word decision to 55498. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word DECISION to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.